On this episode, we're celebrating modern love and highlighting one of our favorite romance series, The Brown Sisters Trilogy by Talia Hibbert. There will be spoilers, so if this series is still on your to-be-read list, we'd shimmy on over to another episode. Welcome back to Page Rage. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We should just like add that song into our intro, to we be might honest. As well. in, our hor- in our horrible <laughs> singing voices. We're going to break down a rap. I don't know. Catash records. Yes. <laughs> we could freestyle. I can make it that happen. We could. We could make it work. I just need like some kind of sick beat. I can <laughs> I can make it happen. I'm actually gonna call Eminem once he's done with the Super Bowl and see what okay. he can throw our way. We're probably gonna embarrass ourselves. I apologize in advance <laughs> to everybody listening. Also, for everybody listening, I'm currently in Vermont in the snow. So if our audio quality, at least for me, isn't quite the same as it usually is, just bear with us. If a whole pack of wild skiing humans just randomly burst in in the middle of our podcast also apologize you know working around a very large family trip so bear with us here but we're dedicated and we're we here are for very you. dedicated we're dedicated to this podcast <laughs> honestly you guys saved me from having to ski on a very cold day so i am not mad at it not mad at all yeah i, I couldn't do that she said it was negative eight and my florida self was like no yeah no it's not. It's twelve degrees right now. New. No. Also, no on that. Uh-huh. Did just finish Legendborn. Loved it. Loved it a lot. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Love it. Definitely such a unique concept. You don't always realize. You don't realize it at first when you're reading it because you're kind of like, okay, okay, and then things start kind of unraveling, and you're like, wait, where is this going? So there's some things that are tropey, but there's a lot of things that are very unique and different. Very excited for the sequel. It's yeah. not till November. Oh, that's a long time away. I wish I would have read it later. <laughs> I'll forget half of the stuff by that. It's okay. I'll remind you. Yeah, thank I'll you. I'll make you listen to our memory. podcast. Podcast episode. <laughs> a couple episodes. We'll be talking about Legendborn. And I will Coming also soon. bubble it up for Kat so she remembers. Coming soon. And I also finished Verity episode on that coming soon mm, yeah we're gonna save the tea for that one I've yeah. had I've had a lot of things to say about that book for about three years now and the fact that it is so popular because of book talk and whatever other nonsense I have a lot of things to say as does Kat now so yes we're yes. ready to go I gave up on Colleen Hoover quite some time ago and then I read for it very good just, reason yes just to see what the and then I saw and I didn't like it and but we'll discuss that later but on this episode this is a page rave for us we're talking about talia hibbert she's a british romance novelist who came on the scene in 2017 actor h.e brown came out march of 2021 and was the final installment to the brown sisters trilogy this story follows the baby sister eve aka miss hot mess express and her journey to find herself and prove to her parents she can get her act together in a desperate attempt to find a job, she stumbles onto an adorable B&B looking for a head chef. After applying, she meets the owner, Jacob Wayne, a man who loves control. Two things happen. He tells her, no way in hell. And then she hits him with her car in that order. Now with a broken arm and bruised ego, Jacob needs Eve to help him with more than the kitchen. With all the time they spend together, the temperature in the kitchen gets hotter and hotter. Ash, what did you think about this book? Well, like this whole series, I did really enjoy this book. I know we will obviously talk about the whole series, but this one in particular, Kat and I, when we were kind of reading it and reviewing it, this one was really the one that we felt was our favorite as a collective page rage or page rave in this instance. Mm-hmm. What I really like about this series as a whole and Talia Hibbert as an author is that her her characters are real. They feel real. It's not like a Harlequin romance novel, like a bodice ripper. And, you know, they're just these ridiculously beautiful humans. And 
whatever else they they feel real and they they have real real people problems i guess you could say mm-hmm. i also really liked how all of her books show normal people living with different issues whether it was autism anxiety or chronic illness it's not something that was crippling them it's something that it was just who they were but she showed them in real life so it wasn't just like the one view that we see of these things typically it was just like a full-fledged human being and how they're adapting this book in particular really let us see i think the full spectrum maybe not the full spectrum but it did open up the spectrum of autism and capabilities because when you're looking at eve um and when you're looking at jacob they're very different in the way that it impacts their lives and the way that they cope with autism um, obviously, Eve doesn't even know at first that she has autism. So mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was a really, really interesting, interesting way to portray these characters. I think it was a really cozy read. This one isn't one that's like, the, the plot isn't super crazy. It's more so watching the characters deal with each other and react to each other. Um, so it was like cozy, but spicy. And honestly, I think you root for both of them, the entire the entire book, which I which I really liked. And all I have to say is the friendship date. I mean, holy guacamole! That's what I, I wrote. Mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I that that scene. I was like, "Ooh, I haven't read a scene that hot in a minute." Yeah, <laughs> you with it? It's in like, a minute. Everything is calm. Everything is calm. And you're like, "Holy shit, Miss Hibbert, what are we doing over here?" <laughs> like, wow. Like, where this wasn't in the last two books. Yeah, usually <laughs> to the left, and I'm not mad about it. For it, yeah. yeah. What about you, Kat? I agree with all of your points. I also really like how you said they're normal people. Like I feel like I could meet these people on the street. Yeah. Like like you could totally run into somebody, meet a Red or meet a Eve or meet a Chloe or whatever the case is. I also really enjoyed that it wasn't the normal tropes that have been coming yeah. on that they're dealing with. It wasn't like the mommy issue and the daddy issue or the love triangle or something happened in my past and I can't talk about it. And it's just going to like veer on. And then really it's like, he got his, his fish died in the fifth grade and he's never gotten over it. It's something you can see really happening to somebody. Yeah. It's like not something that's like out of this world. Well, this time when I was seven, I was kidnapped by this mafia cartel and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like you could see something and you can meet these people and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that's something real people deal with. This book, I really loved. I don't think I've ever read a character. I'm going to say besides Eleanor Oliphant, who definitely is on the spectrum, but they haven't like said what she was. I haven't read anything like this and I loved diving into their minds in the sense. So I would actually really like to know what Hibbert did for all the research and everything to get into all the facts and who she interviewed. I would love to know like backstories on that. And also, I mean, the friendship date was like, was like, oh. <laughs> like okay, Jacob. <laughs> I was like, Jacob, sir. I wasn't Jacob wins this that. one. Edward who? <laughs> yeah. It's like Jacob really damn Jacob. And I actually liked every single character I read in this book. There wasn't a character that I didn't like not like. So I think those were like the top two things I really liked about it. All right. Well, we we are no strangers to this, but people complain a lot about sequel bait. As in, loved the first one, forced to read the second one because you loved the first one so much, and then it's just kind of eh. Especially with a trilogy, it's it can be really hard to keep that momentum all the way through. Do you think that Talia was feeding us sequel bait when she started the Brown Sisters trilogy, or did it feel like a natural progression when she started with Chloe Brown? I think it was natural. 
I felt the closeness with the sisters. It felt all real. It wasn't like a forced, oh, we're going to, I'm going to put them in here because I'm going to write a book about them later. They weren't big characters in each other's books. Like they were like gone for most of the time. So it wasn't like you were on a revolving door of all these characters coming back and forth to make sure, oh, well, here they are. So just keep remembering them because I'm going to be writing about them later. She did a really good job of keeping it natural and keeping the focus on the two main characters, but also introducing them and then kind of leaving you wanting more about them. Danica, I wasn't really as, I don't think I was as in tune to Danica as I was until her book, but I always really liked Eve. Like she was just so flighty and so like out there. I was like, oh, I would love to know what happens in her mind. She did a very good job making it more natural. What did you think? It didn't feel like we're just being forced to read these because Chloe Brown was was amazing and that's really what made you want to read, you know, the next two. But I did like that each of the sisters was dealing with a very different situation. It wasn't like copy paste, you know, the whole way through. It was all very different. But yet you got to see how their family reacted differently to each of them. Because the family is definitely not as involved with Danny as they were with Eve, for instance. She's like the baby of the family. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting to see how the sisters reacted to each other, how the family interacted with each other. So I felt like it was a really natural progression. I don't feel like it was just like a let me do these next two because the first one was so successful. Each of these could stand on its own separately and be totally fine. Yeah, I I, I would have thought they were standalones if I had, yeah. you know, they did, they did really well holding their own on their each of the characters. Yeah. You could read them as standalones. Like if you accidentally mm-hmm. picked up the kind of like Jasmine Guillory, how I picked up the proposal instead of the wedding date and you could mm-hmm. definitely stand alone. I only realized that it was probably part of a series. So I was like, they keep hinting and winking at some of these characters. Like, I should know a little bit more about what's happening. You know how authors do that? They're like, wink, yeah. wink, remember from <laughs> the last book? I'm like, no, no, sure don't. No. So, but otherwise, I mean, you could definitely read these separately and you'd be fine. Again, I loved Eve. I loved all her characters. And I feel like there were more characters in Eve's book than there were in the other two. Yeah. That, you know, my sideline. And probably my favorite character was Monty, the best friend. <laughs> I loved him. He might have made some questionable decisions, but I did enjoy his character. I feel like, I was like, that's a good friend. Like, he's yeah. just like pushing Jacob like, nope, this is what we're doing. Nope, you're going to deal with it. I was like, that's a good friend, in my opinion. And I just really enjoyed him a lot, a lot more than I thought I was going to. Would you have reacted like Monty and left the BB in Eve's hands after she left? Like, if somebody had hit me with a car, would you have been like, yeah, let, let me just leave you with this business? Yeah, if somebody had backed into you and broke your arm, I don't know that my first reaction would be like, here's the keys to our BB. <laughs> Uh, can you watch it since you just fucked her up so I can go deal with this? Actually, maybe I would have actually said that. Now, this now feels like something I would say. I'd be like, um, now that you like literally destroyed my day, you go deal with my customers so I can go make sure she's alive and don't have to come back and murder you later. So maybe I would have just in a pinch, you know, but I do think it's a little bit of a questionable decision. Like you don't know who this person is, you know, and you're just like handing over your, your, your BNB. So I guess in a pinch, you do what you have to do. But at first, like I said, no, I didn't understand it. But now that I'm talking through it, perhaps. I love that he did that. And he had no reference. Like she just literally came on the street. Like it was just like, Hey, I'm here to apply for the chef job. I have nothing, no paperwork, no nothing, but I'm here off the street. And he's like, I'm going to give you the keys to my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Peace out. <laughs> Make it work. I got to go deal with this. What a meet cute though. Like talk right? about a meet cute. Like that is ridiculous. How do you come back from that? That is hilarious. Honestly. 
How'd you guys meet? Well, I hit him with my car. <laughs> you hit him over. Actually, that sounds like something that would happen to you, Kat. I accidentally no. hit him over. Just a little bit. Just a little, a little, little nudge. He's fine. Everything's fine. It wouldn't be the first time I did hit my brother with a car one time. Which one? He probably deserved it. Absolutely, he definitely deserves yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't for know sure. what he did, but he deserved it. <laughs> for sure, he absolutely deserves it. Out of the sisters, did, like, what did you think about Eve? Though, did you like her, or did you find her like a little bit immature? I think Eve was a little bit flighty. I definitely think we saw her journey over the course of this book, but it was a journey she had already started. Right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like she was like batshit crazy in the beginning. And then all of a sudden in 200 pages, she's suddenly like a model citizen or anything like that. She had already kind of started. You saw a little bit of it happening in the past two books. And obviously with the wedding planning thing in the beginning of the book, she really was trying to get it together. And so I just felt for her. So I do think she needed to learn a lot. I do think she progressed. I do think she was immature in the beginning. Um, But I think we saw her really come into her own. What do you think? What did you think? I, in the beginning, I mean, that's how she, her character was written. She was like the flighty younger sister yeah. who just kind of could do whatever she wanted because she was the youngest and, you know. And I thought about it because I'm also the youngest, but I never got that much of a leeway as she did. And I'm guessing that comes with having the money they had. I was like, my parents would have never let me just pop, pop, pop around. That would have not have flown in the Freeman household. Um, but I think I, I mean, that's what this book was about was her journey and finding herself. And I think once she stopped trying to put herself in boxes that weren't made for her, everything kind of fell into place after she hit Jacob with a car. So I think you said that so well about her trying to not put herself in boxes that she didn't fit in, because I think that's a journey that she, we really got to experience with her as well, because she was really trying to get into theater. And that was a place where she felt like she belonged, but then was starting to realize she was not what they were looking for because, you know, she wasn't like a cookie cutter size four and it just wasn't working. And she finally, I think you and I have this mantra where we're just like, it should, if it's not working, don't fight it. You're not Mm -hmm. supposed to go that way. And I think in this book, she finally hit that path where she's like, exactly how you said, "I, I don't fit in that box anymore. Where do I go? But I also think you brought up a good point about privilege because I think in all three of these, we... I think in the first two, you can kind of forget that they do come from extremely wealthy family. But then mm-hmm. in Eve's book, it's a little bit more apparent that she was a little bit spoiled. Yeah. Obviously being plus size, being black, you know, and maybe not fitting into everybody's mold of like what she should have been. She still came from a lot of privilege and had, you know, a much bigger, what is the word we're looking for? She had a soft place to land, you know, like if, if things didn't go well. So she was able to be a little bit more flighty and like do all the things. Even though I do think she was really trying, even at the beginning, I think her family having that moment with her really did have make her have that moment where she was like, shit, I have to get it together. I need to like really pull it together, you know? Absolutely. No, I absolutely do. They sat her down and they were kind of like, all right, we're going to need you to get your shit together. We can't can't keep paying for this. This book really dealt with expectations and how to deal with other people's expectations of you and figure out what is what you actually want to be versus what everybody else wants to make you. So I think that was the biggest part. Speaking of living for the plus size girl, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving all the plus size women. I actually really like reading those because I feel so I'm like feel so seen. How did you feel about the way Talia did address the body image in this book and the series as a whole? Because they're all plus size women. I loved it. I, I mm-hmm. loved the, but what I loved about it was the fact that she didn't just make them plus size and then they had no issues. They just floated through life. It's just what what happened what they happened to be. You got to see how it impacted their relationships themselves and I think my favorite thing about all three of the Brown sisters is that they chose to be confident. 
they chose to see themselves as beautiful. And in spite of all of that negativity, that was really, you know, hitting them about being a plus size person in this world. And I I love that, especially in Eve's book, you saw those moments where a little bit of self doubt would creep in. And she's like, No, I choose to love myself. And I just Mm -hmm. I just felt I feel like this message is so powerful. Because I think as women in 2022, it, it honestly doesn't matter what size you are. I mean, I have been many different sizes over the course of my life, you're never happy because you're just, you know, our beauty expectations, especially in the US are extremely unrealistic. So I think it's nice to see these women choose themselves over the nonsense that's like shoved down our throats daily. What about you? I agree. I also really like how she wrote the men in each of the books, how they were so accepting because I mean, I've dated, (laughs) you know who I've dated (laughs) all over the spectrum, (laughs) all over. And I don't think any of them ever had a problem with how I looked. It was how I had a problem with how I looked, you know? And so they, she did a great job of how the men reflected that in normal society. Guys were like, we don't really care about that, but I think you're beautiful regardless. I I have to say, Jacob, even with all his like, this has to be this way and this has to be this way, he never cared about that. He just liked her for who she was and what she brought out in him. And which is, I think, again, a normal thing in normal day life. So, and of course, I love all the plus size. And I I think my favorite though is Danny. I loved how she- I love Danny. Loved her. her. Everything. I was like, oh my God, I want to be your best friend too. Yeah. I literally (laughs) love her so much. So I love this book, but she is, I'm spoiling it, but she's definitely my favorite brown sister. So. Oh, is she? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She's probably mine too. I'm not going to lie. Her, <laughs> and then I was like, she just seems so cool with everything yeah. she's doing. I just want to go hang out with her in, in London. Yeah. Sometimes. I was like, let's go get a matcha, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Well, speaking of Jacob, our little main man yeah. in this book. Oh my goodness. What did you think of his control issues, the way he kind of went about his life? Did you expect him to be autistic the way she initially presented his character? No, I didn't. I really didn't. I thought something, I was like, there's like a reason for these control issues, but I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. Also, I was having such a good time enjoying their back and forth. I, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like I'm really in yeah. here. I was like, I'm down for this. I loved it. I loved everything about this book. It was, it, like we said, it was our favorite book. So I don't think there was anything I really noticed. And then when she did say it I was like everything makes sense but I also really again I'm going back to Monty and mm-hmm. yeah Jacob's aunt I loved the support he was getting and it made him so she wrote the love from them to him so wonderfully there's nothing like abnormal about being autistic or anything you just okay I'm gonna rearrange some things and then that's how we work yeah. And the the way that his family and friends supported him didn't mm-hmm. cripple him, didn't baby him. At the same time, understood like what he needed and when because they cared so much about him. I agree. I, I was surprised because I think autism and neurodivergence is presented often as one thing yeah. in the media. Um, but I think we're seeing a lot more shows and books that are dealing with it. And you're just seeing the wide range of what living with autism is, but I really appreciated him. I understood the need for like the order and the structure, but I get it. That's how he feels safe. That's how he makes himself okay. And that's how he kind of like self-soothes throughout the day. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not autistic. We are not autistic. So I can't speak from experience, but I felt the way that, that his autism was presented and that Eve's diagnosis was presented was very well done. 
Um, but would definitely love to hear from you. If, if anybody listening, you know, has different opinions or is dealing with this in their own lives, I would love to hear um, your, your thoughts on, on this series and this book. Yeah, give us your feedback because we're always open to being educated on yeah. certain things. There's never a time that we don't want to learn anything new that or change our change our view on. Absolutely. I want to talk about uh, Eve's. I was actually real surprised about that. But then when she was doing the music thing, how she would mm-hmm. turn the music on and that's how she self-sued. Again, I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. It makes so much sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's just interesting how, again, how diverse the spectrum is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with, with the author, but she is very passionate about making stories like this because she's like, especially as a black woman or a person of color, the struggle with proper diagnosis is that everything is kind of based on a traditional white model. So things mm-hmm. don't always present the same in minorities and especially in women. So she said, as a black woman, it is so hard to get a proper autism diagnosis. So I just thought that that whole struggle, is just something you don't even think about. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fascinating. I loved how Jacob had already kind of been like, I know what's going on here, but he gave her the space to figure it out on her own, which I thought was so important of him not just being like, hi, you're autistic, you know, like, because <laughs> um, he could have been like that. He's yeah. that person where he's just like, this is who you are. Deal with it. Let's go get breakfast. You know, like, that's just how he is. So I think that said a lot about him as a as a person, even though he's a fictional person and how he dealt with that with with Eve. Listen, I'm saying all three of those men were so supportive partners and he, they just let them go through their journeys and just, I'm here to be supportive and whatever you need. And he just let her find that out on her own, which is something I thought was even more beautiful as a partner. He definitely knew her enough and like understood her enough to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to be here for when you figure it out. And when you figure it out, I'm going to be like, "Uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it this whole time. My, since we're talking about Eve and Jacob and their relationship. I have a couple quotes that I had. I had just just <laughs> killed me. And there's one that was Eve really teaching Jacob how to deal with not everything being perfect. And I I just loved it because you know me. I'm a perfectionist. I also deal with anxiety, and it just mm-hmm. like spoke to me in so many levels. Oh wait, I'm sorry. This is him. This is Jacob talking to Eve. I apologize. I told you before that there are different ways to fail. Imperfection is inevitable. That's life. But it doesn't sound to me like you failed at all, Eve. It sounds like your dream broke and you've been picking up shattered pieces and blaming yourself when your hands bleed. Like just, just the way that they're, they're trying to like help each other. And when he told her that she's not the sunshine, she's his son. Like (laughs) I I like freaking lost it. And I just, I thought those were both such important moments, especially in a fictional world where it's like, I feel like characters are always like perfect and there's nothing Mm -hmm. really wrong. And just watching them trying to deal with not being perfect and being human even if they're fictional humans I just I really it resonated with me thinking about them as a couple why do you think Jacob resisted Eve so much why didn't he just give in from the beginning I mean Eve definitely shook his (laughs) his whole life up also I probably was not ready (laughs) I don't think I would be like that forgiving of somebody who hit me with a car (laughs) like I'd be like uh, yeah, some issues for a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm right. gonna be salty for a while. Correct. <laughs> like, Correct. I, so I would agree. I, with can't, that. I can't really blame him. I that. broke my arm. Like, no. <laughs> We're gonna keep you at arm's length because you may hurt me again. I don't know. You may hit me with a frying pan. Who knows? She shook him up and all night long. <laughs> 
Ooh, that song that. was about them anyway <laughs> so i think he was trying to find his footing with her in a sense of how to deal with somebody like her because he's never obviously met anybody like her so he was like all right well this is something new and i have to figure out how to work through this i'm gonna go organize the cleaning closet again <laughs> yeah. because i need to work out how i'm gonna figure this out <laughs> also i don't want to be around her with moving objects because she could hit me that's <laughs> also fair yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't let her. I would probably not let her drive ever. So no, I mean, I'll be driving at yeah. all times. Thank you. I'm gonna be real. I could never forgive somebody if they freaking hit me with a car. That would <laughs> not be okay. No. This would not be a romance because Kat would have never ever spoken to them ever again. So. Yeah, <laughs> but like a meet cute. What? I would have had to have lied to Kat, told her it wasn't this guy who hit her, and then let her find out like 20 years from now. <laughs> and then I would have been mad. Well, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but the family definitely interacted differently with each of the sisters with mm-hmm. Eve. I mean, granted, she did kind of just fall off the planet and nobody exactly knew 100% what was going on. But did you feel like it was relevant for like the full arsenal to show up at Jacob's establishment in the manner that they did? They came in real hot. Absolutely not. No, I didn't think that was necessary. I felt bad for Jacob. (laughs) He was just kind of like, ooh. That was a lot. He handled that well. He really did. I didn't think it was necessary. And I know she's the baby and she's like flighty and... She definitely should have communicated a lot better with what was going on. I don't I don't think it was necessary. At some point, you got to kind of like kick the bird out of the nest and let her ride, see, see what happens. I, I also thought it was interesting with the family that as Eve was kind of discovering that she was on the spectrum, that she was autistic, she was also noting, she's like, I think a good chunk of my family is as well. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of dealing with it in very different ways. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting too, the way that she was presenting that. Well, comparing them all together, how do you think the character development in Eve's book was different than the other two? I think it was a little bit different because Eve was already on this journey when we started this book. It wasn't just like zero to 2000. Like she was already trying to figure it out. It was just like escalated in terms of how how soon she had to figure it out. For Jacob, I don't know. He was he was in a pretty good spot. Obviously, he had to work through some things. Um, not saying he didn't have to do any growing in this story, but I think it was more so about the two of them interacting with each other and growing in a way that they could like properly communicate with each other. Jacob was trying to figure out ways where he could allow himself to be more flexible with her without Mm -hmm. it hindering him. So I do feel like there was growth for both of them. It was just a little bit different than what we saw in the other two. Like for instance, in Chloe Brown with Red, Red, I don't believe was really growing as a person. He was helping Chloe grow. He was helping her kind of expand her life. He was already a really incredible human. So we weren't really seeing that happening. Yeah, I agree with that. And there was a whole different ball game. Like Danny was already (laughs) full steam ahead. He was going forward and Zaps just had to like jump on on the train. Yeah. Hold on. Correct. (laughs) Your life. Correct. Was there anything you didn't like in this book? I think that the biggest thing that I did not like which we already discussed, was just the way the family treated Eve. Because I get it. She's the youngest. She's the baby. I understand. But I I don't feel like they... It's like they kicked her. They literally punted her out of the nest, right? And then as soon as she actually was growing and doing what Mm -hmm. she needed to do, they just like descended like a freaking... I don't even know. Just... it It was too much. It was too hot. I didn't like that. And I also didn't like the way... Honestly, Danny and Chloe dealt with her considering we just went through their stories and saw how they interacted, you know, when they were dealing with their, you know, love interests and everything. Like, I don't feel like they gave her the same grace. 
So I, I did not like that aspect of it. Um, but otherwise, that was pretty much my my biggest complaint. What about you? I felt like this. Mine was more about the sisters and less about the parents. Yeah. I felt I know they're supposed to be like backseat characters, which is one of the things I loved about this. They weren't like over flooding in each other's books. So I really like that. But I also felt like as sisters, like if, given your older sisters, we did see each of their journeys and they were definitely far from perfect on mm-hmm. figuring themselves out. And I felt like they were kind of like a little high handed with their youngest sister because she is kind of the way, but she figured it out and she was making it happen. You should just like respect it and be like, you know what, you're doing your thing. And she is an adult period. You know, it wasn't like she was 18 going through this. So my, my bigger issue was about the sisters and less about the parents. Cause the parents I can kind of see, cause your parents are your parents, no matter what, like they're going to think you're 12 in, until you die. But all in all, it was my favorite book of the, of the series. For yep, sure. I agree. I mean, they're all great. And yeah. speaking of which we're going to talk about uh, our other faves um, mm-hmm. in this trilogy. So for me diving into the second book and the second sister, middle sister. So take a hint, Danny Brown came out in June of 2020 and follows the middle Brown sister on her quest for academic success and great friends with benefits situation shit. Insert Zafir Ansari, the sexy security guard and former rugby god who saves her from a trapped elevator in the most gallant way. Literally my worst nightmare and yet dream at the same time. <laughs> um, they both quickly go viral as Dr. Rugby. And Zaf asked Danny to keep this going in order to help his rugby charity for kids dedicated to helping young boys come in touch with their feelings. Little does he know that Danny has a steamy side play going on, but can she resist the hopeless romantic side of Zaf? The answer is no, she cannot because who could? <laughs> I freaking love him so much. This is literally, Zafir is my type of human. Like oh, yeah. this would be my man if John was not my man. So <laughs> like, this is it. This is my fictional boyfriend. This is him. It's Zafir and Penny from the Magicians. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, those are my men. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you're like, when you told me about this series and you're like, I love the second book. And then I looked at the cover. I was like, oh. I know why. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, yeah, this Nash is Asher. Asher. Like, this is her kryptonite right it, here. It <laughs> is. This is like my book. Like, I feel such a kinship with Danny. Other than the fact that I am not fluid in who I love, I've always really been into men. Whether that's good, bad, or sideways, I don't know. But other than that, I was like, I'm here for you, Danny. I appreciate it. I love it. I saw a lot of you in Danny. I'm not going to lie. I did too. And it was, it was a little weird. I was like, okay, it's, it's strange reading yourself in a character. So I really did. I saw a lot of you in Danny. I was like, God, this is like almost Ashley. Unfortunately. Yes, it is me. It is Ashley Hill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to say? It's, it's absolutely me. So there's no, okay. Well, the secret's out. It's, it's me, me and Talia are besties, but (laughs) what, what was it about this book? Cause obviously we love all three, but what was it about this book that, stood out to you honestly mine I mean I really like Danny but Zafir with the way she wrote about him having the overwhelming grief and anxiety because of his loss that had happened which is totally understandable and how he just he talked about how he couldn't get out of bed and it was just so overwhelming at times and I have been there where the grief is so bad you feel like you're drowning like you can't you can't get above water because another wave will crash over you so the way she described it and in a sense that she described it from a strong man and it didn't take away anything from his masculinity. He was still a huge guy, still super strong, still very into sports. You know, whatever the masculine check marks are, he still had them, but he also was working through it and he had that softer side and he was 
open about it and he was accepting about it. And the way she wrote into it, nobody made fun of him because it wasn't abnormal. It was accepted and it was an everyday thing because everybody goes through grief or anxiety like that. She really brought that to the forefront. And I thought I have been there and it is really hard and it doesn't make it any harder that you're a man or a woman. It's still equally overwhelming. It's still equally, it's crippling. It's like so hard at times. And I love that she opened it and was like, it's just so accepted where they were and in his circle and everybody was just like, yeah, man, we get it. And I love that. Whereas like sometimes in America, we're a little bit more like, you know, we're at, you know, we're at. What about you? For me, it was definitely, I felt a kinship with Zafir because of his anxiety and the ways that she showed how to use your word crippling. It can actually be at times. Mm-hmm. I don't think people always understand how much effort it takes to push through anxiety and do the things that are making you anxious. You know, because everybody's just like, oh, just calm down. Like, you'll be fine. Like, you'll just get through it. And in my case, because I I do have anxiety, um, I've dealt with it for years now. It really came full-fledged my senior year in high school. But the the amount of effort it just takes sometimes to do things that others are just like, whatever, it's fine. You know, and they're just kind of brushing it off. I, I, I loved how she gave you insight into how much work it actually is to sometimes do those things. So I loved that. I loved that they, that Hibbert kind of reversed some of the stereotypical gender mm-hmm. roles in this book. So you see Zephyr just obsessed with romance novels, which I love so much. It was just like a getaway for him. And I love it. And I love that Danny like didn't make fun of him. She wasn't like, what the hell is wrong with you? She was just like, okay, well, here's a stack of romance novels for you. Like she, I loved it. And then the fact that she was just super like laser focused on her career. Initially, she's like, I don't want any entanglements. I'm just going to do my thing and, you know, keep on going. So I, I really appreciated that. Um, I think that was probably my favorite part of it. Also, just like we got to see a little bit of like the intercultural romance. And I really liked Zafir's family, too. They were cool. Yeah, they were adorable. I also really like her shout out to the Orishas. Yes. <laughs> I love them so much. I mean, again, we find a way to make things about witches, even when it's nothing to do with anything. When I read that, I was like, damn, how do I get how do I get her to do one of these for me? Well, one thing that was a little bit different about Danny is that she had dated, seriously dated men and women in her past. Um, so in the beginning of the book, Danny discusses how she dates men and women. One of her biggest character arcs was coming to terms with one of the women who, you know, she just had like a really bad breakup Mm -hmm. with and just really working through that with her. But do you think if this book would have been the same if Zephyr had been replaced by a woman, for instance? I think it would have been a whole different story, but I would have liked it. So I'm sure I would have loved it too. I don't think I've read anything yet by Hibbert that I haven't enjoyed. So I feel like if she would have done that, the grief or the whole because I think the big thing about Zephyr was the fact that he was so strong and masculine. And then he had those things that are considered in typical masculine, whatever society as like, quote unquote, weak, even though they're not. And I think that like reflection on how he had the dual things going on inside of him is what made his character. So I don't think she could have written the same thing if it was a female character. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it I think the point that she was trying to make with Zephyr was very strong and yes to your point it would have had to have been just a completely different book but mm-hmm. who's to say they don't have a throuple later i'm waiting for a throuple and I'm like, <laughs> listen, anything can happen in these books i'm like ready for it you're just like okay i'm just gonna go cook dinner let me you know let me know what you guys want i know it's so sweet it's so sweet i love it love it team Sophia. Woohoo. 
Yeah, you're definitely team severe for sure. And now for my personal favorite, Get a Life, Chloe Brown dropped in November 2019. It was the introduction to the Brown sisters with the eldest, you guessed her, her name's Chloe. Chloe suffers from fibromyalgia and with her constant pain and self-imposed hermit status, she hasn't really lived her life. She decides to change that after a near-death experience and finds a tutor to help her live life to the fullest. Red Morgan, who is literally my book boyfriend. <laughs> He's so perfect. He's Kat's husband in real life. Like, literally, our husbands are in these books, and it's so funny. It's crazy. He is the best of both worlds, a badass on a motorcycle and an artist during the day. Seriously, swoon. Ugh. And just the perfect guy to help her with her bucket slash bucket list. As sparks start to fly, we see if opposites really do attract. And they do. <laughs> Ash, what do you love about this book besides that my husband was in it? <laughs> I mean, I loved, I did really enjoy Red. I loved, again, the. I, no, I don't love that people have to deal with chronic pain and live with chronic pain. But again, I loved seeing a normal person who is dealing with something like this and how they go about their lives and how they have to adapt their lives to be able to function with things like this. I think it's just good for all of us to understand how different, you know, humans are from each other and ways that we can help to make life easier for others. I I just, I really loved that insight, but I also really appreciated Red and the way he helped her with her bucket list, but also adapted it to be something that she would actually enjoy I loved when they had their night out and like they were going for it and he was just like, this isn't going to work. And he figured out a way to adapt it, not make her feel shitty about it. I just, I loved it. I loved their interactions. I mean, obviously it sucked me into this whole series. Um, mm-hmm. I think reading that book, it was just like, there's something different happening here. Like this is a very different book, but it, it just makes you feel good. What about you? Well, I mean, I love everything about Red. Other than your husband. Yeah. Seriously, like my man goals. Yes. Yes. I know. (laughs) Again, uh, I mean, this is the first time I've ever read anything about fibromyalgia outside of, you know, whatever has popped up and around me where I've delved in for somebody's like full experience and I felt immersed in her and what she's been going through. So I really loved learning all that stuff. And I felt very educated by the end of the book on how people have to work with it, what they have to go through to live life, just doing regular things. And that's what blew me away. And like you said, like the series really opened up. I was like, wow, this is something completely different. And he wasn't an asshole. Like he was just the same guys as all the guys in the Chris and Ashley books or whatever the same. But he wasn't an asshole. Like he was just a nice guy who was really hot and rode motorcycles, which is my dream man. So I appreciated the way she rewrote everything into a more modern day love story. What did you think about her bucket slash bucket list? I loved it. I think it's something that she needed to do um, because she was so insular and just kept to herself and kind of like kept into her her bubble. And I think that's what made me really get into the series was, again, somebody pushing themselves outside of what is comfortable or mm-hmm. for her, not even just comfortable, but it, she knew it was going to be painful, but she wanted to like live her life. And I loved it. I love that she did that despite how much of a toll it took on her. So again, I think this was just truly the greatest way to like just suck you into Talia Hibbard and her writing because it's just it was very different. I read some other series that are kind of playing with uh, similar themes now, um, just because I was like, wow, I didn't even know, you know, that this was Mm -hmm. something that existed. But I hope more romance novels take this approach because it's 
just feels more real and you just really bond with the characters. But what about you? I love everything that she did. And it, it opened my eyes to say like she wanted to go out for a night of dancing. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that has to be like a whole mm-hmm. thing. That like broke my heart inside. You don't think it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't think of something so simple that is so hard for someone who's going through all this. Mm-hmm. And it really, it blew me away. So, and I also like Hibbert with the, I love every single man she wrote. Yeah. I, it wasn't something I hated about the character. Other romance think they're hard alphas, but really I'm like, you guys are just dicks. You can be an alpha person and still be a good person at the Correct. same time. So I really love how she completely changed the normal quote unquote alpha male in a romance novel to be a decent man. Yeah. Whereas I read, I mean, Lord, I read like a bajillion Chris Nashley's and I was like, this guy's a dick. I was like, I would punch him in the face halfway through this conversation. So that I think is what my favorite thing about Hibbert is. These are actual like legit man goals. Yeah. I would love to meet a man like this in real life. Please Mm -hmm. appear. (laughs) Enter stage right. Thank you. Red, are you here? Red, anywhere. (laughs) Well, overall... Who was your least or your most favorite character from all three books in the trilogy? I'm going to say Monty. I I, I mean, (laughs) I love the grandma. She was cool. But Monty, I felt was just, I loved Eve's book. And I loved how Jacob and his aunt, Jacob's aunt and his his best friend, they just pushed him into, I know you well enough to know you're going to be dealing with this and I don't care. And that helped him move forward in his life. And I just love that. I was like, that's a good friend, in my opinion. And I also liked, what was it, his sisters? I wonder yes. if there's going to be like a... A spinoff with spin-off. the sisters. Yeah. I really hope so, because I would I would really like to see that. I think there's going to be more from that family. I, again, she was kind of like winking. And so I think that's a, a strong possibility. But I would agree. I mean, Grandma Gigi, like, love her. Love everything yeah. about her. She is so much fun. And then, like I said earlier, Zafira's family, I really, I really enjoyed as well. I don't think there was truly a character in the series that I really loathe right. and despise. Like I like, right. I like the world that she created. Mm-hmm. Here, so. Absolutely. Like I can't think of one character. I was like, I just didn't like that person. Mm-hmm. She wrote them all to be really natural, normal people that we could meet outside on the street or wherever the case is. And they were all really nice people. I was like, God, this is where, where do you guys live? Can we live there? And overall, I mean, I think we've already addressed it. I don't think you can really go wrong with the men in the series. Like Red is Kat's husband. Sorry, Mm -hmm. John, but Zafir is my husband. (laughs) Uh, And Jacob is our collective husband. So truly, you can't go wrong. There's something for everyone here. I think that's really what sets this trilogy apart overall is the men are real. The characters are not one-dimensional. You feel like they could be your friends. You feel like they are real humans dealing with real issues. Um, and I think it just broadens all of our minds in terms of what are some of the things people have to live with and how they live. They're not just stuck in their house. They're, they have to interact with the world and just the ways they have to adapt. So Talia, all the thumbs up. Sorry, all the raves from us. Love it. Keep them coming. We are here for it. I'm ready for the spinoff. I'm so excited. We're waiting for the spinoff. I hope you're listening. I know you're listening. So ready for the spinoff. <laughs> Let us know if you want us to do the pre-read. Let us know if you want to come on as a guest. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. I'd be like, so where did you get these, like, your inspiration for you know that? Here? <laughs> are they real? Obviously, you know me. <laughs> but, like, where are they? <laughs> no. But at any rate, we want to hear from you. Have you read the Brown Sisters trilogy? Are you as obsessed with them as we are? Email us at hello at pageragepodcast.com or DM us on Insta at pagerage underscore podcast. And of course, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast network. 